to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Now your host, Angelo Petiti. Good morning, everyone. This is Noelle in for Angelo this morning. You can reach us at 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. Um, I hope we get out there today. You know, it would be nice if we could get out into the garden and, and it's, we've got some beautiful temperatures and quite a bit of rainfall. So that's good. And it always makes it easier to uh, pull weeds out there. So speaking of weeds, um, nutsedge is definitely starting to appear in lawns and garden beds. And you'll notice the nutsedge of course is is very light green like a yellowish green um, very shiny grass and it grows way faster than any of your lawn grasses do and um, it's it's really hard to remove because you don't want to pull it you will leave the little nutlets in the ground there and it'll continue to spread so what you do want to do is use something like bonide sedge ender and that will help um, get rid of that nutsedge without harming the lawn or you can try a roundup in that area, but but um, and there is a roundup up there for uh, lawn weeds, um, so it's called Roundup Lawn Weed Killer, and that could also control the nutsedge. Plus, it can control crabgrass and other weeds as well. So those two products are available. Um, do watch out that is a hard one again because of those little nutlet um, seeds or really they're like little bulbs that are left in the ground um, if you're looking to um, you know renovate or prepare uh, new lawn areas for um, seeding we're we're getting into that prime time for lawn care so again you can eliminate weeds now you can use weed beater ultra um, you know weed be gone what have you and then you can also um, take care of any other of the the lawn areas that you know you do need to totally re uh, seed over you can do that by um, spraying a roundup product or if you don't want to use roundup you can use burnout which is a more natural um, herbicide okay that you can use and then of course dethatch the area um, Angela always says dethatch the area go both ways you know clean up all of that um, debris and then go ahead and you can just overseed now, usually it's about two weeks after you apply um, a Roundup product, an herbicide product to the lawn. So you're you're waiting for that to totally die back. And then you go ahead, you dethatch, you clean up, and then you go ahead and you can just overseed with um, whatever lawn seed that you feel will work best for you. Um, typically, most of us are using Kentucky bluegrass mixtures in the lawn, which work very well for us um, but there there are other choices out there so do research your other choices and then you can go ahead and apply lime you can go ahead and apply that starter fertilizer cover everything up you can even use a straw or you can use a light coating of sweet peat over the top and uh, water and and you'll have a beautiful beautiful lawn and really prime time is end of August beginning of September it really is one of the best times to work on your lawn so if you're if you're willing to do it it's 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 well worth it and it works really really nicely um the other thing that we're really seeing a lot of because of the humidity and the moisture levels out there is it's been a, a pretty heavy disease year for us on plants. So again, any of your disease controls, whether it's a copper fungicide or you're using something else like Infuse, those 
products work so much better as a preventative. So if you can get ahead of the disease and apply before it happens, um, that's going to that's gonna be your best bet. So do look for things. Um, you know, we've got the powdery mildews on your squash family. So again, using copper fungicide in your vegetables and your edibles is always a really good idea. You can use it on anything, um, but especially something that you're consuming. On ornamentals, um, you can use BioAdvanced, which again is the name for the bare products. So BioAdvanced All-in-One Rose and Flower Drench. And that can be used as a really good uh, disease preventative. Also Infuse. So Infuse is also a, a general fungicide, but it works systemically. So um, applying that early on, having that ornamental plant uh, absorb it through its root system, circulate it through its body so it's really well protected is, is a good idea as well. Um, you might see some fungus or mushrooms in the lawn. So, or not in the lawn, I'm sorry, you might have them in the lawn, but also in the mulch. So if you've seen those um, yellow kind of puddles, um, it's what we call dog barf mold. And I know it sounds disgusting and it, and it is, but it's more of a slime mold. And believe it or not, just physical removal of that um, just take a, a spade or a shovel, just remove it out of the mulch, go ahead and throw it away. Um, it will dry up if we get some dry weather. So it, it will dry up and basically grow itself out. Um, but it's it's better to just remove it. Um, it looks really unsightly. And, and also try to turn those mulch areas or rake those mulch areas so you're getting a little bit more of air circulation in there. And that will really help um, remove some of those, uh, you know, fungal issues that you do see in the mulch at this time of the year. Um, just a quick reminder again, the deer are still out there, of course, chewing away at some of our, our um, you know, beloved plants. So do remember to, uh, again, use plant skid. It works very well. It just takes a light misting to really cover those plants and again will last for a very long time. You do want to apply it when you do when it's able to dry on those plant materials. So um, again probably not today but um, tomorrow sounds like a great day to reapply the plant skid and maintain that protection on your plant material. Also if you're seeing more um, hornets, wasps around in the area they really are getting very aggressive at this time of year going into the um, fall, uh, late late summer, early fall, um, do uh, have something on hand for yourself. So Bonide Wasp and Hornet Killer Spray is a good spray for, um, you know, again, controlling them at long distances. Do be aware that you want to make sure that you're applying these controls in the evening. So, of course, when those, those insects are less active. So do spray in the evening when when they're back in the nest, of course. And then you might see also some uh, ground bees or nests in the ground. So you want to use spider and ground bee killer. That's actually a dust application, but works much better in those types of soil um, nest there. Again, apply in the evening. The other things that we're looking to do in the garden right now are um, sowing cold crops. I know it kind of sounds a little bit strange. Um, we're not cold out there by any means, but um, sowing your cold crops now, your lettuces, your carrots, radishes, whatever you like to eat later in the season, you want to do it now. They'll, they'll germinate very quickly. 
lovely. You can sow them in very shallow containers if you want to grow them in the in a, a container garden, or you can put them out in the garden beds. But sowing them now and giving yourself, you know, a couple weeks in between sowings, you're going to have a lot of produce going into the fall and early winter. So that's always a good thing to consider doing right now. And also seeding your biennial flowers. So things like foxglove or sweet william, even parsley, believe it or not, if you seed them now, they develop very quickly. They're ready to go. They're just at their, um, if you will, their foliage stage. They die back over winter and then next spring you've got flowers ready to go. So, um, it's always a good thing to consider doing. The other thing that I want to watch out for you is um, with birding, remember to change the bird bass. Um, when it gets hot out there, you see more birds come to the bird bass. Um, definitely, they, they need their water too. So make sure that you're cleaning the bird bath water and reapplying again. And then also planning some natural uh, food sources for the birds at this time of year. So comb flowers, there are so many beautiful varieties. They're in abundance right now. They establish really well if you're planting them at this time of year. Um, so think about that, you know, increasing um, some good natural natural food sources for the birds. And then, of course, um, if you want to keep your feeders out and full at this time of year, it's a great thing to do. The more birds you're attracting to the feeders, the less insects you're going to have around the house. So that's always a good thing as well. And then planting fall color now. Believe it or not, I know I, I don't want to talk about fall. We've, we've you know, had kind of a, a shortened summer season here. Um, but again, if you want your mums to winter over and establish themselves, well, you want to plant them now. And they are available um, at the garden centers. Um, sedum looks gorgeous now. Asters are just coming into bloom. Um, they're, they're a great native plant to have. Um, pansies and violas are coming in. Uh, the grasses look gorgeous. So if you're really looking for some good showy uh, grasses out there, now's the time to take a look at them. Um, the hibiscus, the perennial hibiscus are in, in you know, top bloom. Rosa Sharon look great in that family. Uh, the hydrangea, of course, my gosh, um, absolutely gorgeous at this time of year. And then um, something like sweet autumn clematis. If you need a vine, uh, that vine is looking, um, starting to bud up really, really nicely. So again, lots of things to plant at this time of year to increase your fall color, continue that color in the garden. Um, we're going to take a short pause here, folks, and then we'll come right back to the phone lines. Back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Petiti. Good morning, everyone. This is Noelle in for Angelo, and we're going to go back to our phone lines, 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Hi, uh, a lot of good information there. Thank you so much. Absolutely. There's a lot to do in August, um, and I think, yeah. you know, we want to enjoy the gardens too, but we still need to get out there and take care of a few things. Right. Well, I had a couple of questions. Um, when would I be able to plant bulbs? Could I do that? I'm revamping my whole 
perennial garden in mid-September. Can I plant bulbs at that time? Yes. Um, actually, thank you for mentioning it. Um, most of your spring blooming bulbs will probably arrive at garden centers uh, just before and just after Labor Day. Okay. And um, really, anytime you know after that, you get your best selection You know, as soon as they come in. And um, planting them really, as long as you've got well-drained soil and um, it's always good to feed them with a bone meal, bulb tone product, what have you, something that's high calcium, um, the, absolutely, you can plant them anytime. And if, if you're planning to do that mid-September, it's a great time to do it. Okay, okay. Also, is it too late to um, trim rhododendron? Yes. Well, <laughs> it, it depends. You know, again, it, it depends on if you want to see those blooms or not, right? So yeah. you could go in and, and prune rhododendron if you really needed to, you know, take some good height off of it or, um, you know, take out some of the girth or what have you. Um, if there were any damaged areas, absolutely, you know, remove them. Um, but when you do that, just keep in mind that you're removing your flowers for next year. So, um, really, the best time is just right after they're finished blooming, go in there and, and go ahead and trim up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, um, another thing is we have a this huge compost that we have. It's like a wooded, flatted wood, big box, huge thing. Okay. And um, we always have a surprise every spring as to what kind of crop we're going to have in our compost. And this year, it's watermelon. And this plant is absolutely crazy huge, and and I don't know if the watermelons uh, are going to have time to. Um, they're about baseball size, and, and and there's so many. I've been taking um, buds off. Okay. Um, it, will that help? And and can we do anything to help? Uh, you know, ripen the ones that are there, or do you think they're going to have a chance? Or yeah, absolutely. I think there's still a lot of growing time left, and I'm I'm very much hoping that we have you know a really long Indian summer, mm-hmm. um, just because we had such a you know a shortened season at the front end, uh, you know for for growing. Right. But um, what you're doing, you know, removing those those extra flowers to develop the the actual fruit that you do have on hand is a really good idea. You know, it it takes care of um, you know that energy going out to that flower and maintaining that um, now the energy is going right into your fruit production the only thing that I wonder is um, how shady is your compost area uh, it's in an open field actually. oh okay then you don't have to worry about the shade okay so yeah you're getting enough sunlight you're you know uh, and again do you do you feed it at all other than your compost no. Should, okay. Should I put something on it? I probably would. I would. I would give yourself a you know a a good uh, organic food like a plant tone or a garden tone, okay. and go ahead and and make an application and let's see if that you know really can uh, speed up some of that fruit production for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Have a great day. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello. Uh, I had a question about a tropical hibiscus. Sure. Um, it's been growing very well and flowering, but recently um, the flowers aren't coming out, and it's got a lot of yellow leaves on the base of the plant. Okay. Um, is there a cycle that we need to look at? Well, um, I w- I'm going to ask you what you've been doing with the hibiscus. So how have you been caring for it? 
Well, we have uh, palm tone that we've been feeding every three months. Oh, okay. Um, it's potted, so um, it's not in the ground, but we are planning on bringing it indoors once it starts cooling off. Okay, great. And um, is this a new hibiscus you you um, purchased this year, or is it one that you've been maintaining? We just got it about six months ago, okay. and it still is growing um, fresh new leaves on the top, but I just haven't seen any flowers recently. Right. Um, do you know what the fertilizer um, ratio is on palm tone by any chance? Do you have the bag right there? I don't have it in front of me. Okay. It's a small amount. Okay. Um, um, and all of your natural fertilizers, they, they, they look like small percentages, but when it comes out to feeding the plant, they, they can be um, just as effective as, um, you know, a man-made fertilizer that has looks like it has higher percentages to it. The only thing with palm tone that I'm wondering is if it has a higher percentage of nitrogen, that first number, um, just because, and I'm not super familiar with that product, um, but... But being for a tropical foliage plant, I'm wondering if you're not getting enough phosphorus and okay. or potassium to really get, you know, mi- you know, maximum bud and bloom growth out of that hibiscus. Okay. okay. So do look at that ratio. I'd like to see either an even ratio of numbers or I would like to see the middle number a little bit higher than the first number okay so your first number is nitrogen your second number is phosphorus i'd like it to see be a little bit higher than your nitrogen just so we can get some good bud and bloom growth out of that plant okay Okay. now hibiscus themselves are very rapid growers and they produce a lot of fibrous roots okay so if that plant has been in the same pot it may be root bound all right and when you're trying to maintain feeding and watering and the roots are starting to really fill up and take up all the soil space it's not able to absorb everything that you're applying okay and so that might be part of this problem too where you're getting the yellowing leaves they're dropping you know you're not getting your your bud set for the summer months they should be doing great they should be producing very very well it almost sounds like they're going through a winter condition where they do they end up yellowing and dropping a lot and they don't produce a lot and so that's why i'm wondering if that um it it might be time to you know transplant Okay. And you can do that now. You can do it if you wish um, when we get a little bit cooler. And um, I always talk about with tropical plants, they need to get cold in order to slow down their growth to bring them inside so they don't stress out indoors. And so um, when we get later in the season, you know, and it gets a frost or two and starts to slow down, then you could cut back as much as you wanted you could go ahead and transplant into new soil you can bring it inside the house and you're you're ready to go for winter so it just kind of depends um what you're able to do but you could transplant it now into new soil um you could you could wait until a little bit later um just depending on what you'd like to do yeah i've noticed um when watering it there are a bunch of uh, very thin white roots on the near top of the soil right uh, it looks like it's pretty 
sick. Yes. Rooting. Yes, absolutely. And they can take some root pruning too. So you can you can take them out of the pot. You can soak that root system in in a, uh, you know a bucket of water. Clean off the roots. You can you can trim around the roots. You can remove anything that looks brown or yellowish. Anything that's a little bit thicker, you can remove those. Go ahead and replant it. You can put it back in the same size pot if you want to, but use new soil and then go ahead and feed it again and um you should be you should see all of that flush out okay okay what about what about mixing in some miracle grow or would you just stay with the palm tone well you could use like a miracle grow potting soil if you wanted to and that would give you a very low dose of miracle grow fertilizer um you can use the miracle grow um you know concentrate where you mix it with water and you apply that you would only use that about once every two weeks I got you. Okay, thank okay. you so much. Yeah, because we just don't we don't want to overfeed it. Um, but Miracle Grow is like a shot in the arm, so it'll give it you know a real quick boost of food. Mm-hmm. And um, sure, absolutely, it'll it should start developing buds and blooms for you again. But I think again um, with those hibiscus, we were we were talking about this just the other day that they they just grow so fast, and um, you do you want to be able to make sure that you can take care of that root system have them be able to absorb the nutrients that they need because they're such vigorous growers and heavy feeders you want to make sure that you're you're giving them everything um you know so that they can continue to produce for you oh yeah most definitely we have a perennial out in front of our house and it just keeps budding and blooming very very awesome good good i'm glad i'm glad yeah and it's a great like i said it's a great season for them so that's really good well, thank you so much. You're very day. welcome. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's see here. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy your show. I just wanted to ask a quick question about my lilies of the valley. Sure. Um, I had called earlier in the season and talked to Angelo about it, and he suggested spraying them. It would take me most of the summer, which it has. And um, the most recent application was maybe a week ago, and they look pretty pretty ugly right now. And now I forgot what he told me about how to remove them now. Okay. You know, because he told me um, that they have root systems, and I'm afraid that if I start digging, they're going to spread again. Okay. So um, I do remember you, you calling in, and your whole goal is you want to remove these, right? You know, you don't want yeah. any yeah. of them. Okay. No. So um you have been you have been spraying um a roundup product or um an herbicide for yeah. them. Okay. Yeah. And um they have yellowed and brown back for you, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. so to the point where you don't see any green on them. Mm, maybe another week I need to wait. Yeah. <laughs> so you I, do. I don't want to see any green, huh? Right, I right. To get rid of them and put something else in. You know? Yes, exactly. So okay. um, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have to put you on hold, okay? And we'll okay. we'll take our break at the half. And then um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what you need to look for. That's fine, Nicole. Okay, thanks. Hold on one second for me. Okay. We'll be right back, folks. Back to Gardening with Angelo on News Radio WTAM 1100. Once again, Angelo Petiti. Good morning, everyone. This is Noelle in for Angelo. You can reach us at 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. And we have a caller on the line who's trying to get rid of her lily of the valley. 
Okay. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, so um, you sprayed the herbicide. Right now, um, things are yellowing and browning. However, you do still see some green at the base of the foliage. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And so I know, um, it, it, again, Lily of the Valley has a corm, okay? And a corm is just a, a small, round, flattened um, bulb, if you will. And that's part of the problem <laughs> that the the corms um, that's the part it's it's basically a modified stem, and so it's really, really hard to penetrate that actual bulb with the herbicide so um as you you know again, I would just wait so when's the last time that you you sprayed? Uh, probably 10 days ago. Okay. So, again, just kind of waiting for that, that green to to go away. You don't want to see any green at all. Um, that is just indicating that that corm is still active. Um, but most of the time, like I said, it will, with, with your herbicide products, your general herbicides, it's going to get into the chlorophyll and and make sure that that, you know, green goes away. Okay. When we start moving into late summer and fall, plant material starts to absorb more into their root system, if you will, trying to save up, save energy for next season, right? So you might even see, uh, you know, coming up here as temperatures decrease in the evening. And again, this is slow but sure because I don't want to push fall onto anybody. But as, you know, as you're spraying and you, you see that that green is starting to go away even more just because it's pulling more of that herbicide into the, the system of the plant, okay, into the root system. So um, again, I would, I would wait and until thing you do not see any green on them and then that's when i would go ahead and start digging now the good news is with lily the valley it is fairly shallow rooted okay meaning that that corm is maybe an inch or two below the soil surface so Uh if you're digging and you dig down maybe four inches five inches mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. pretty much will have the entire plant removed okay? okay and but wait until everything is yellow or- i would i would wait wow. until everything looks really 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 yellow really really dead yeah okay. before you do then, because once you, you disturb you, it you do a, okay go ahead yeah i was going to say once you disturb it you might you might still have fragments of that plant or the corms down there that you're dealing with it's kind of the same thing with nut sedge you know we're talking about that right now there's little tiny nutlets there's little bulbs down there and um if you pull them out before you know it's it's completely died back you're you're going to have those those little bulblets just hanging in the ground for you for next year oh no okay right and then uh do you think i need to apply another application of the uh the weed killer or the flower killer that i use well here's the thing we you know we've been rainy and so it's the same thing when you're applying any type of fertilizer or any type of treatment or again with any type of herbicide you know that that leaching factor um applies so again you know always apply you know your herbicides on you know dry days sunny days you know um nothing above you know 
the high 80s into 90s, you never want to apply them at that time because they won't get absorbed into the plant. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, really, that's going to be your most effective. And and most of your herbicides are, are typically, you know, effective within hours. You'll start to see dieback within hours. Um, but some of them take a little bit longer to activate. And so you, you want to apply that at optimum times. Okay, and optimum uh, will was rain. Um, you know, I think I had the the I sprayed. It was ideal temperature, but then I think uh, within twenty four or thirty twenty four hours to forty eight hours, it rained. Right, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Right. So, um, depending on what you're using. So um, many of them will activate pretty quickly, but if you have rain within a day or two, sure, there there could be part of that that leached out. Uh, not into the not into that right right not okay. into not okay. not okay. activated into the plant yep. material right okay okay right. okay well that's my only question for this morning thank you so much okay Laura. and hopefully we'll hear right. from you later and they'll they'll be gone okay. and dug and you'll be ready oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then how long do i have to wait after i remove that how long before i can replant something well, I would go ahead, you know, uh, most of most of the time you'll be ready once you remove that area and amend okay. it and, you know, get some good soil in there, you can you yeah. can replant. Okay. You know, All and right, if you see you. something popping up here and there, just you know to go right in and remove it as quickly as you can. Sounds great. Thank okay. you very much. You're very welcome. Bye. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Good morning, you're on the air. Good morning, Noel. Hi. Um, a friend of mine gifted me some hydrangeas. Okay. Um, she had bought too many of them, and so she surprised me and planted them at my house. Um, they have little leaves, big, big white flowers, and they're just not looking good. They're, I'm losing, losing some of the leaves, and I don't know if I should add something. Okay. Little leaves, big white flowers. Um are the are the oh golly um i'm wondering if it's like a smooth hydrangea are the leaves do the leaves have a fuzz to them at all no okay and the the flowers are like a pom-pom shape or they're a conical shape there's some of both Oh, okay. You've got okay. So, well, well I'm. But they're all white. They're okay. All white. I'm trying to figure out um, again what family you have in order to tell you. Okay, you know, we need to um, look at you know the sun, the shade, what have you too. So, um, the conical shaped flowers are going to be what we call a panicle hydrangea. Okay, they okay. are the most drought tolerant and sun tolerant of all the hydrangea. Okay. Okay. So therefore you can put them out in the sunniest areas. They do not need as much watering as the other hydrangea do and um, usually do very well. Um, They need to be in amended soil. So they like rich soil, um, you know, anything, any organic matter that you can put in that soil um, that they love that Um, the soil needs to be well drained. Okay. Okay. And um, when we feed hydrangeas, we're usually feeding them twice a season, usually in the spring and midsummer. Okay. And we'll typically recommend for panicles, it can be um, plant tone and iron tone. Okay. okay. Um, the how long were they planted for you? Um, it's about a month now. And okay. Now they're starting to like the leaves are. The leaves look bad and they're falling. Yeah, so this is all. I think this is all a matter of stress. So when you're when you're you know planting um, plants midsummer in the heat, 
it, they're all they're always going to show signs of stress for you. Okay. okay. Um, so what you want to do is you may you want to maintain um, a good water level. So you're looking at watering one inch of water per week. Uh, you know, thoroughly and deeply to get them to establish their root base. Okay. Um, the yellow leaves, I'm, I don't, I don't doubt it. Again, it's just a sign of stress, and um, they should bounce back here again once we get into a little bit cooler temperatures. And you know, it's just, it, it's not an ideal time to plant. You know, midsummer. So I could yeah. see that they're they're showing signs of stress. Um, okay. The white that have the pom poms to them i'm kind of wondering if they're a smooth hydrangea um they have very very um i should say thinner stems very tall straight stems to them their foliage is fuzzy has a little bit of a fuzz on them uh the foliage is a little bit smaller than your macrophylla hydrangea um and uh, same thing. They they are they're a good native plant. They do prefer they can handle sun, but they prefer a little bit more shading um, than the panicle hydrangea. Um, okay. And again, I I would imagine that they just uh, got stressed. Um, you know, increase that that water to them. And okay. um, same thing, feed them, you know, again, twice, we usually do twice a growing season and feed them with that, the plant tone and the iron tone. And you, you know, again, we'll see a difference in them coming up. What's interesting about the smooth hydrangea, and um, if you were to send me a, a, a leaf, a picture of the leaf, I could tell you right away. Um, but what's interesting about the smooth hydrangea is you could cut that back down to six to 12 inches and it would fill out again for you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So if it's really haggard looking and, you know, stems are, 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 you know, broken and bending over and the flowers look terrible and all those types of things, that's the type of plant that can really take a lot of, um, you know, pruning. It'll regenerate and um, it'll do fine for you. Okay. Okay. So since they didn't get the plant tone and iron tone, should I give that to them now? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It'll Great, help. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi. Uh, in your opening, you talked about seeding biennials now. Yes. I have Sweet William, mm -hmm. and I've had it for years, Okay. and I never have quite been able to figure out exactly what to do okay you know it blooms and um then you know it gets like dies so mm -hmm. to speak and you know so i'm under under the understanding that the uh, seed drops off of that plant for right next year mm -hmm. okay so you know i don't really watch it that closely but anyway you had talked about seeding biennials now mm -hmm. So you would buy a package of seeds and plant them in the ground? Or yes. Mm-hmm. Right around that sweet William. Now, here's here's the benefit. Um, so biennials, the way that they grow is your first year is your foliage year, your second year is your flowering year, and then, of course, they develop seed and die. Okay. And that plant ideally should sow its own seeds. Okay. But we have to help it out. 
All right. So you you don't necessarily have to buy new seeds. You probably have seeds on that plant if you have not cut it back. Uh, right. Okay. So have you cut your sweet William back? No. Okay, so there are seeds there. What you can do is you take the spent flower heads. They kind of look like a, a, a pointy cluster, mm-hmm. right? And you go ahead, and um, they're, they're fairly small. So you would cut off a cluster, go ahead and, um, you know, tip it over in your hand and see if you're getting some of those seeds out of the top, okay? Okay. And um, what you can do is just right around your, where your sweet William is, you go ahead and lightly cultivate that soil, all right? Okay. And you can add a little compost or a little sweet peat around there. Just kind of fork it in, okay? Roughen up the soil around your sweet William right now, and you just go ahead and spread those seeds, okay? okay? Just on the top or mm-hmm. into the soil? Yep, or? just on the just on the top, okay? Oh, wow, okay. And from that point... You know, if it's not raining, go out and and water. Make sure the area stays a little bit moister than usual because your sweet William Dianthus family, they like it dry, you know. Um, So a little bit moister than usual. And then from that point, you should see some foliage develop as we go here. Now, don't get me wrong. Sweet William is not a fast germinator at all. So within six to eight weeks, you'll see some green coming up. Okay. Okay. And so um, that's how you do that. Okay. You know, I would just, after they would bloom, you know, like in June or, you know, whenever, Mm -hmm. um, I would just leave them. And, you know, here I want to plant more things, you know, for summer and so forth. But I never wanted to pull out what looked terrible, you know, from the Sweet William. Okay. So, you know, it's just always been a dilemma. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, again, with the Sweet William, they do need to mature, you know, and that seed needs to ripen on the plant. Oh, okay. You know, so So it's it's a good thing you didn't cut it back, you know. (laughs) So that's good. So, yeah, see if you have any seed development right now. It might not work right now because we're rainy and, you know, the seed's wet and it might not come out of the seed head. Um, But when when we dry out again, maybe tomorrow or what have you, um, you might find that you have a good amount of seeds in those spent uh, flowers there. Uh Uh-huh. Okay? Hey, this is great. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah, very good. Thank you. You're Goodbye. very welcome. Thank you. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, good morning. Hi. Yes, go ahead with your question. Oh, okay. Um, my question is, I have a butterfly garden. Yes. And um, this time of the year, the milkweed varieties get a lot of yellow aphids attacking them on the tips. They sure do. And I'm, I'm wondering if there's any way to control those at all, like with some sort of oil or soap that would not harm the caterpillars that are trying to uh, grow up there. Right. So um, the answer is I probably wouldn't spray them with any type of chemical. Again, you know, soaps are are fairly good. Um, It's really hard to say. Um, Uh You know, the soaps are uh, almost like a almost like a repellent, if you will, and they're also a, a suffocant. So they, you know, cover the insect, um, can keep the insect away. But again, when you're spraying things, you still might hurt caterpillars and butterfly development. 
Uh-huh. So okay. to to me, the best thing that you can use, hard spray of water. If you can get okay. out there right. and, you know, put the hose on a real hard spray and, you know, if you're not seeing any caterpillars, because obviously you'll knock some caterpillars off too, but mm-hmm. if you can get out there mm-hmm. and spray the tips, that's going to help knock down the the aphids in that area. Um, the other thing is a physical removal. So if you want to go through and, you know, you can usually scrape the tips, um, you know, with your fingers, um, you can do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess to me, it's all about um, just butterfly areas, butterfly gardens. You just, you don't want to use the sprays, you know, you just want to okay. keep them safe for everything that you're trying to attract. And, um, you know, you've worked hard to do that. So I think, right. you know, the, the, the pesky insects that are coming in is something we can deal with, but, but usually, like I said, a, a hard spray of water, physical removal, that's going to, that, that's going to work for you a little bit better than yeah. um, spraying anything in there. Yeah. It seems as though they attract the ants and then the ants end up getting rid of all the caterpillars anyway. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so so I'm just trying to, I don't know, maybe if there's a, a if the plants are healthier. Right. Maybe the aphids be left up to attack them or not. Yeah, see, so what happens with your aphids is that when they're feeding, they're, you know, sucking the juices out of the, the milkweed. And then right. the next thing you know, they're huge producers of honeydew, which is their excrement, but it's really sugary. And so, of course, right. the ants come in, and you know now you're you've you've got another issue um, coming through, and so the ants will come in and um, remove the aphids, remove the honeydew, you know, those types of things too. So, um, I guess you know we have to kind of put up with that. It's a it's a natural process, right. you know. Yeah. But if you can help out, I think that's going to be one of the best ways. Is okay. um, again more physical removal, and sometimes you can get you know q-tips in there or um Mm -hmm. kind of popsicle sticks and you can you can scrape the stems um Uh aphids are always going to be where um the new buds new leaves you know they they really like the the juiciest parts if you will so they're they're usually at tip growth um you know so again if you're able to remove some of the tip growth that they're on Uh And, you know, you'll get side branches that'll develop. So that's something, too. So, um, you know, okay. again, I, I think that's going to be your best bet in that area. Right. Yeah. Just so you have a, you know, you continue to have those, the caterpillars and the, the butterflies continue to develop for you. Okay, great. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling have this morning. Uh-huh. You yeah. too. Bye-bye. Good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Hi. Um, <clears throat> hi. I overused some weed be kill. Did I? And now I have where I have been. You can see brown. It looks like straw. Oh boy. Is is that kill? Did that kill the grass? Okay. So you used um, weed be gone on the lawn. I with a sprayer. The sprayer didn't work right, and I didn't know whether it was coming out or not, and I evidently overdid it. Oh, did not work. Okay. Um, golly. Okay, so right now you're just seeing brown everywhere. Yes. Okay, and your goal was to cover the entire lawn because you're trying to kill, like, broadleaf weeds, crabgrass, yes. um, everything. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, um, here's one thing, and I and I'm I'm not sure. When did you apply it? Did you apply it on a hot day or? 
Uh, you know? uh, yes, somewhat. It was okay. um, um, about one o'clock. Okay, in the <laughs> or, afternoon. Yeah, and Yes, the afternoon, and it was, uh, yes, it was hot. Okay, okay. So um, you, you might have you might have caused a little bit more damage, but I think you're going to be okay here. And we just have to wait and see um, if your lawn grass is going to fill out again. Now, here's the thing. You may have had more crab grass more weeds in that area than you thought oh you know and so it's it's killing you know what it's supposed to and maybe you didn't have as much lawn as you thought you you might have oh so um i think it's one of those factors where we can wait and see now when did you apply it uh, about two weeks ago. Okay, two weeks ago. So right now we're just looking for that green up, and and you're gonna start seeing that. Okay. Okay. Um, so again, um, it's not necessarily a a bad thing because you probably have taken care of a lot of your issues in the lawn, and we're getting again into that time where you can really take care of your lawn. You know, clean it up, overseed it, and and it'll bounce back really nicely. Oh, and just overseed it. Do, do I have? I don't have to dig everything up if I just scrape the ground and then um, add um, a, a fertilizer and right. add lime. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So Angelo's been talking about it the last couple of weeks, but the whole idea, um, you know, of overseeding in the area, you can cut the area very low with the lawnmower. You can spray the area, okay? Um, and then you go ahead and wait for that dieback, which is about two weeks where you'll see that happen. And then you go ahead and you, you dethatch the area or clean up, you know, hard rake the area as best you can, yeah. clean up, and then go ahead and you just, you overseed, you fertilize, you apply your lime, and then you just, again, you want to make sure that you put a little bit of uh, top coating over it, so a top dressing of, you know, yeah. straw or sweet peat just to protect it, and you're you'll be ready to go. Oh, okay. Now my last question is: I've been finding uh, small holes throughout the yard, mostly in the flower beds. Okay. Not many little holes, but I about the size of a dime. Oh. That's a little bit smaller than I envisioned. Well, I'm guessing maybe a nickel somewhere in there. Okay, it's not very big. It's not. It's not a, a um, chipmunk. It's not a chipmunk. No. Not a. Um, and, and is it in mulch? Do you think in the flower beds? Uh, I have had mulch, but some areas <clears throat> when we ran out, we didn't redo it, so it's on plain ground. Okay, so I'm wondering if it's it's a little bit small for a, a vole, but it could be. Um, and we often recommend the Repels All or the Mole Max um, oh. granulars to put right where those holes are. Oh, okay. okay. And okay. see if that helps repel that critter, okay? Okay. Um and and that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Um but if if you are seeing those those holes especially kind of through the flower beds and especially where you have mulched areas. Oh. Okay. Okay. If that doesn't work, the next step is usually setting mouse traps. <laughs> I know, which is never pleasant. And so you would set them right where those holes are with some peanut butter. 
Oh, okay. Okay, so oh. that would be something, um, you know, again, and I'd usually do that, The that would be my second choice. Right. Okay, so start with the repellents, the granular repellents in those yes. areas, and then see if that, you know, problem decreases for you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very, very much. You've been a big help. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay. Thanks for see calling. You, sure, see you at Petiti's. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Bye. Good morning, you're on the air. Andrea? This is Noelle. Oh, okay. Excuse me. That's okay. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm just fine. I'm going to make it very easy for you for the question I have. Sure. Okay. Uh, by my garage, well, I have concrete, you know, all the way around my garage. Okay. And on the on the far side, I had a vehicle parked there, and I got rid of the vehicle, and now I want to have gravel brought in for another parking space. Okay. What is the best weed killer that kills everything, grass, weeds, mm-hmm. and it never comes back? Right. So there are other chemicals. If you're applying them in more of a rocky area, patio area, concrete no, 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 area. No, 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 no patio. Okay. Uh, it's, there's a big concrete pad on the side mm-hmm. of my garage and mm-hmm. in front of the garage and everything. Okay. And then where the vehicle was parked, and then there's woods. There's no rocks or okay. anything like that. Yeah. I, um, there are um, types of Roundup that are extended control yeah. that would last much longer, okay, Yeah. for an area like that. Um, there is also, um, I believe Ortho still makes ground clear. It's, I've heard of that. Yes, that will work as well. You just want to watch where you're applying it so it's not running off into no, no, areas. No, it won't run off because where it is, it's sort of... Uh, sort of high on my property. Okay, sure. So, you know, there's going to be no runoff or nothing like that. Those are going to last a very, very long time for you. Well, that's good because... I, you know, you put you put gravel down and whatever, and then all of a sudden you see the shoots start popping. I, I hear you. And I hate that. I know. And can I ask you one very simple question? Actually, I'm sorry. I have to go. Okay, very good. Oh, I'll call next week. Okay, take Thank care you. of yourself. You too. Bye. Thank you. Bye, Bye everybody. Have a great day.